Well, yesterday we spoke to Don Weatherburn, who's the head of the New South Wales Bureau of Crime Statistics, um, and about that curious statistic uh, that 50% almost of New South Wales men who were born in 1984, which makes them around 33 years old, um, have had some sort of uh, trouble with the police. And Don Weatherburn suggested that that may have something to do with the methamphetamine epidemic. And it harked back to what both of us remembered was the heroin epidemic in the 1990s in Cabramatta. Now, that was a case where we saw the tragedies that came from that, the broken families, the crime, um, the dysfunction and ruined lives. Now, Tony Wood is my next guest. He was a drugs campaigner back then in the 90s after his beautiful 15-year-old daughter Anna Wood died after taking ecstasy in 1995 and he's ever since been trying to get out his message across um, and he's done a very good job so far. Tony, it's a hard job, isn't it? Never stops, Miranda. And um, it is a very difficult job and it's it, it's got so many people think that they're using drugs and it's not affecting them, but it really is affecting them. We're going to like decriminalise cannabis and we're going to make medical marijuana, which is a ridiculous thing to do. Roman Donahue wrote a book about our daughter, but the second book she wrote was Leaving Early. She was given 20 case histories by Westmead Children's Hospital of children who had taken their own lives. And when Bromman did all her research, she was shocked to find that 19 out of 20 were marijuana users. Well, we know that marijuana, even though people like Alex Wodak, the drug liberalisers, keep on telling us that it's a benign drug. And now we've seen the legalising of medical cannabis, which, you know, if people need it for pain relief, fine. But that's, to me, just the thin end of the wedge because they're trying to legalise cannabis and sell it in little packets at the post office. But we know that there is unequivocal evidence out there that long-term uh, large-scale studies showing that you have a much higher risk of psychosis and mental illness if you smoke marijuana. Well, you do, but it's not just that. I mean, they keep saying that it's better for you than tobacco, but let's face it, tobacco is not mind-altering. Mm. It's addictive, but it's not mind-altering like cannabis is. It doesn't bring on uh, early Alzheimer's. Well, that's very true. Like, cannabis is 70% more carcinogenic than tobacco. Uh, everything you look at, it, it's, it's a terrible, horrible drug. Every mass murder looked at in this country has been marijuana involved somewhere. Um, if you look at the bloke from Stratford all those years ago, it was cannabis and alcohol. Up the north coast in, uh, I can't think of my little town now, the same thing, alcohol and tobacco. Alcohol <laughs> and cannabis, rather. And Martin Bryant. Very hard to get any figures on him, but he was crazy on marijuana. Right. Uh, Tony Wood, it was 1995, so that's 24 years ago almost, yep. um, and your beautiful daughter, Anna, passed away. Um, tell us about her. She was just 15 years old. Yeah, she was just 15. Um, well, she just went out. She went across the road to watch DVDs. No, it wasn't DVDs. It was tapes back in those days, videos with her friends. And they snuck off and went to rave party down here in the city at about midnight. And the next morning, oh, about nine or ten o'clock in the morning, we got a, a knock on our front door and the neighbour's mum was over here saying, look, Anna's really sick, you better come and uh, and see what's wrong. So we, we went over there. They'd already rung an ambulance and when we got there, I could hear the ambulance coming, but I had Anna in my arms and she stopped breathing. Mm. Now, that's the worst Nightmare that a parent can ever have, but I'm saying to her, don't die, love, don't die. Anyway, the uh, 
the medical guys from the ambulance fellows were fantastic. They got her on life support, took her to North Shore Hospital, and uh, she spent two or three days in there before they finally said they could do no more for her. And they were going to switch the life support off. So Alice, my daughter, and Angela, my wife, they're both stronger than me. They said, look, Anna would like to donate her organs. Mm. This is about four o'clock in the afternoon. So we had to get more counselling to make sure that's what we really wanted done. But Alice had only just recently got her L's and we were sitting around the dinner table and said, look, I ticked the box to donate my organs. And Anna was a real giver. She said, I would like to do that as well. Mm. So about eight o'clock at night, they took her away and they said, you've got to come back in the morning or when we've harvested her organs and say your final goodbyes. So we went back to Royal North Shore about 2.30 in the morning, kissed her goodbye, and that was it. And she died, um, people think that ecstasy is a completely benign drug as well, but, but your darling daughter Anna, it was the first time she'd taken drugs, and she just got very thirsty as a result of the drug and effectively drowned her organs in too much water. Yeah, well, what happens is that she she got rid of all these saline level in her body dropped mm. and her brain started to swell and it was pressing down the back of her spinal column. Look, there's been a whole pile of people die from it before. It wasn't just Anna. No. It's been going on and on for years. And it was a duty that you felt, wasn't it, to warn kids that they think that popping these pills is just completely, is, is safer than drinking alcohol. Well, that's true. And look, they're idiosyncratic. So you don't know how they're going to affect anybody at any given time. It was only a month or two after Anna died. I got a phone call one Monday morning from a policeman from up Hornsby. And he said, look, can you go and counsel some parents for me, you and Angela? I said, OK. Their son, he was 24 years old, six foot four. He took half an exit at four in the afternoon. The other half at nine, he was dead by 11. Mm. So it's happening constantly. They banned it in 1986 because it was, um, it was dangerous. Mm. And, Tony, I know that um, in that very difficult time, you were approached by Dr Alex Wodak, who then was the St Vincent's Hospital uh, alcohol and drug advisor, um, and he asked you to, he wanted to co-opt you into his campaign to liberalise drugs. Well, he did. He wanted us to go and approach John Howard and have the all the drug laws liberalised because that's what he was pushing for. But if you look at his background, which I didn't know anything about at the time, He'd been over to Washington to a, a conference funded by George Soros over there, and he actually got $10,000 for his part in needle distribution in this country, introducing that. So his whole life... It would be for, not, not personally, but it would have been money no, it for was his... No, it was a Soros-funded... work, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, his whole life's sort of been trying to liberalise all the drug laws in this country, and they're still at it right now. Mm. Uh, I believe over in Western Australia they're growing a whole pile of cannabis over there that they're going to ship uh, overseas, and it's all about profit. Miranda, they're killing their kids for money. So, Tony, would you mention John Howard? And during that era, uh, after the Cabramatta crisis and your daughter and um, a, a lot of people very concerned about the drug crisis, John Howard um, actually brought in the Get Tough on Drugs policies uh, yes. combined with customs to stop heroin from coming into the country. There was The result was heroin drought, but also they used education as well. And people, particularly you and Angela, your wife, were very, very important in your education around schools, your, all your hard work, grassroots hard work. And we saw that the age at which uh, children started taking drugs or experimenting with drugs rose a lot. The amount of drugs that people were taking plummeted for the first time since records were kept. And yet 
we didn't learn from that fantastic um, moment in history. I thought my children were babies and I thought, well, great, you know, they'll grow up and their drugs won't be such a temptation. Well, little did I know that 20 years later they would be worse than ever. They're worse than ever now. Yeah, John Howard did a great job. Um, Major Brian Waters from the Salvation Army, they're mm. all out there. They were tough on drugs and we're going to stop it. And, and, and kind on rehab. Yeah, we, we need a lot more of that. We need to get people into rehab that uh, have fallen through the cracks. I mean, mums and dads are in terrible strife now. They just don't know what to do with their children. It's awful. It really is. Now, your darling wife, Angela, passed away 18 months ago. How are you coping now? Are you still continuing on with your, your battle? Look, I don't do too much of this anymore. I mean, I really don't. Angela and I backed off. She battled with lung cancer for three years, so... We didn't do much for that three years, and I haven't really kick-started it again. Look, I was 76 last Friday, so I'm <laughs> getting on a bit now. Anna would have been 38 on Sunday, so we've just had a bit of a celebration. We do it every year on her birthday. We go out and have Peking duck, which is her second favourite food after Macca's. Oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so you we've still done do that. that with Alice, your daughter? Yeah, yeah, the whole family goes. So it's 23 years now we've been doing that, so we'll keep it up, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> until I go. Well, Tony, you've done a wonderful job um, and keep it up and I think you're an inspiration. You've certainly been an inspiration to me in all these years that we've known each other and you've uh, kept me on the straight and narrow and oh, just, made me understand what is important in this battle. It's families like you and daughters Just like look, Anna. look after your kids and tell yes. them you love them all the time. That's true. Thank you so much, Tony Wood. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.